Welcome back to another edition of the Slam podcast in association with Callaway. Um, recently, Callaway have introduced the new CB wedges. Um, the CB wedge is built to deliver short game forgiveness with outstanding spin and feel. Um, and this is a very special episode of the Slam podcast. We've had a number of changes and shifts and whatnot on the Slam podcast, but now we've been joined by a new member of the NCG team. I, I used to be a new member, um, but I'm no longer the new boy at work. It's... Um, Matt Coles has now joined us. Um, so, Matt, welcome to the Slam Podcast. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me as well. Uh, two Matts on here now, so yeah. I'm sure everyone will get confused with that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, so, Matt is originally from the squash world. So, do you want to just talk to us about that, about, you know, what it was like covering squash compared to golf? Yeah, sure. So, obviously, squash, you know, a much smaller sport than, than golf, so it's a much more sort of you know, closed off group of players, you get to know the players and, and obviously everyone that's involved in the sport and um, probably a lot closer than you would maybe, you know, out on tour um, in terms of the DP or the PGA World Tour or so on. Um, but yeah, squash, it's a great sport that I played while I was at uni, uh, which was in, in Preston, uh, going back quite a few years now, actually. Uh, but I joined the, the Preston Squash Association in 2019 um, and then, you know, been, been able to travel the world with it because um, we're able to, you know, they're able to put a squash court almost anywhere it's a glass box that gets built in a couple of days so yeah. it's been you know been built inside venues in canary wharf grand central terminal in new york um outside the pyramids in egypt outdoor venues are very popular in egypt um but yeah so i, I managed to go to places you know i went to san francisco houston new york new zealand qatar you know singapore and so on um but yeah fancy the change um and like i say big fan of golf love golf play reasonably well every now and then yeah. um, which is <laughs> what brings us in um, but yes you know and, and more than happy to be here and uh, obviously to be contributing to this podcast nice um, I've, I've not actually joined since I've been up north I've not actually joined anywhere like in terms of golf courses I, I was, was a member at West Lanks for, a yeah. year, for like a year I didn't really use it um, I've sort of undenied about it yeah um, so where do you play your golf? So I play my golf. I actually live in Headingley in, in, in northwest mm. Leeds, but I actually play at Howley Hall, which is in southwest Leeds. Uh, yeah. When I first moved up to Leeds, uh, which is where the PSA is based in the city centre, I lived um, in Morley, so it was just five or ten minutes down the road for me. Um, so I did look at actually joining Headingley when I moved up, um, but I think just I've been a new member at enough golf courses over mm. the last five or ten years yeah. with moving from uni and moving over to Leeds and so on. So the extra 10, 15 minute drive for me to Howley, Howell is, is absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a championship level course. They have, you know, obviously Marcus Armitage came from, oh, from okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Gavins as well. So two, oh, tall, yeah, two yeah. tall winners. Um, ben Hutchison is, I think, is, um, was in open qualifying last week. Mm. I, don't, I didn't quite see how, how he got on. I don't know if he qualified. But he was made the final stage of open qualifying in Yorkshire. Um, and Howley itself is, uh, you know, got members who play on... Um, certain, you know, mini tours and, and so on. It hosts events on the Yorkshire Tour and, and, and things like that. So nice. it's a very, and the, I think the Euro Pro, Pro has been there as well before. Um, so it's a very, very good golf course. Um, very tight, very compact. It's mm. not, you know, I mean, I hit personally hit driver three or four times around. Like it's that sort oh, okay. of course. It's, it's a think your way around yeah. sort of course, um, which I've learned to do. Mm. Over the years, yeah. it used to be a big, oh, no, let's get the driver out, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, I've learned to do that, managed to come down to single figure, so I'm, I'm off 8.1 now myself. Okay. Um, and started the year, annoyingly, at 9.6, so not quite single figure. No, of course, very, of course, yeah. Very annoying for, sure, yeah. for that. Um, 
But yeah, so could I play Pokemon now? Um, I love playing that. I think it's a great course, um, and I put it up against a lot in this part of Yorkshire for sure. No, I've, I've, not, I've not really played many golf courses in Yorkshire since mm. starting work. For NCG, I've played it at Woodley. Yeah, um, well, I mean, and more town, which I mean, you've got, <laughs> yeah. but spoiled to be fair. <laughs> um, I mean, they're two. I've mean, played all Woodley. I played it a few years ago. It's just, it's an unreal, mm. it's an unreal course. Yeah, I really I enjoyed mean, it. It's just, <laughs> and the, the members there are lovely. Obviously, I know it's very difficult to get in. Um, as a member there, but the members are, I found very lovely. And mm. I played on one of those, and um, don't know if you know it, but there's like a Mizuno golf pairs tour. Oh, okay. So they do mini events around the country throughout mm. the summer. Um, and me and a friend played there, and it was great. You know, you've got food, got a little gift bag, and so on. Um, so um, shout out to them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate I mean, I, it's one of those courses where it's very penal if you're too far off offline. Yeah, line. certainly. And at that time in my golfing career, I was quite you far off yeah. too. So it wasn't my best golf, but I yeah. definitely enjoyed the round, and it was. I definitely would play there again if I got the chance. For nice, sure. nice. Well, one golf course I was at in, I was lucky to be at in midweek was the Belfry um, at the Brit, at Betfred British Masters. Um, I went there last year, and it is it's a cracking place, the Belfry. The yeah. to begin with, the, the, the putting green is right outside the um, the hotel where the media mm. centre is, <clears throat> and then you've got the tenth tee, which is right there. Obviously, the famous hole with the Seve Ballesteros plaque. Um, and it's, it, it was a cracking event, the, the British Masters. I was, I was there from Tuesday till Thursday. Um, I managed to chat to Minwoo Lee, which um, you can read on the NCG website. Um, I managed to chat to Jamie Donaldson about um, the Ryder Cup, about um, open qualifying, which he's playing in tomorrow at West Lanks. Um, yeah, it was a cracking event, um, which was won by Daniel Hillier. Um, and at the weekends, I can't remember when I tweeted, I think it was on Saturday, Maybe on Saturday evening, I can't remember when it was, but at one stage there was like thirty-four players in within either leading or within three shots. Yeah, it was so the leaderboard <laughs> was so compact, like the cut line was was quite high compared to you know the as it normally is. Yeah, you know, and usually it's ten, eleven, twelve. So I think it was only maybe seven or eight at, at the Belfry, but it's a course that provides that. It's like I mean, what was the winning score in the end? Ten, ten, ten under, yeah. I think it was. You know, so it's you know not the sort of. American style course where you see 20, 25 under par or, or whatever. Mm. Um, but the Belfry, like you say, is, it's an incredible place. And I've been there a couple of times on golf trips myself mm. and oh, played, yeah. played there and not shooting 10 under par across forever. <laughs> I can definitely say that. Uh, but yeah, like you say, it's, uh, he came out of nowhere as well on the final day, didn't he? And I know. Really, sort uh, of, so he he was sort of waiting in the wings and, sh- and played his last four holes in five under. Yeah. But there's quite a lot of dynamics going on. He had um, Oliver Wilson, who's who won the made in Himalayans last year mm. um, and that ended in an eight-year drought, winless drought on the PGA Tour, yeah. uh, on the PGA Tour, on the DP World Tour um, and he, he was in contention. Um, then you had Gunnar, Gunnar Weeb. Um, I mean, but yeah, tell us about him. I mean, what a story. I mean, so yeah, I was just looking up because I don't think anyone really knew who mm. he was but he's actually, so he's the son of, of Mark Weeb who's a multiple-time winner on PGA Tour and PGA Tour champions but um, Gunnar actually spent five years away from the game following a freak accident on on holiday in 2016, where I think he uh, he walked into a, a sort of like a sliding glass door and actually basically right. almost um, severed an artery in his arm. That's how bad the injury was. And so he spent five years away. He if, over that time he was an Uber driver. He worked in finance. He worked in marketing, um, and then became the assistant pro at the Bel Air Country Club, um, and then secured his uh, tour card on the DP World Tour uh, last year after finishing fourteenth um, uh, in Final Stage Qualifying School. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a final round of 66, no one really knew who he was. He was 1,349th mm. 
in the official World Golf Rankings prior to last week. He's now inside the top 500 after that. And more importantly, he finished second to qualify for the Open Championship, his first yeah. major appearance. It's, it's quite, um, with these events at this stage of the season, it's quite, that is like another dynamic added to the event. Like, yeah. of course, he's thinking of winning the event. But a top but three finish. He, yeah, but say if he doesn't win it, he's now fallen back on qualifying for the Open, which yeah. is quite an interesting dynamic with, like, as I say, with events at this time of the year. Yeah. It'll be the same next week. Um, at the John Deere Classic mm. and the week after the Scottish Open. Yes, of course. Um, mentioning Jamie Donaldson, last year at the Scottish Open, in, in a packed, you know, packed top class field, yeah. he finished tied sixth um, and, and got his space yeah. at the 150th of St Andrews at the very last minute. So yeah. that's, that's how these... Yeah, literally, what, four days before? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, so that's how these sort of tournaments um, are really quite fun to watch as well. So the, well, the top three players, Daniel Hillier... Oliver Wilson and Gunnar, Gunnar Reeb all qualified for the Open. Yeah. Um, and it also just, like, you know, obviously Daniel Hillier won for the first time on tour, but it also takes any sort of pressure that they might have mm. for the next couple of weeks. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Think, I'm in the Open. <clears throat> I'm going to be playing it, you know, I'm going to be playing in Liverpool. It's, you know, so there, there's not that... But obviously, you know, Gunnar's going to want to get his first victory. Oliver wants to win mm. again as defending champ um, in Himmeland. Um, but there's that little bit taken off their shoulders knowing Certainly. that they'll be playing in the open yeah. in a couple of weeks time. Yeah. I quite like the fact that um, um, American, I, I like the fact when Americans play well on the DP World Tour and, and the Challenge Tour and things like that. It sort of takes you back to, it takes you back to Brooks Kepka's story of how he sort of started yeah. on the Challenge Tour and stuff. It's always nice to see them, they clearly see an opportunity. Yeah. Although the DP World Tour, um, especially in the last year or so, it's, it's, I think it is looked at as in as inferior to the PGA Tour. Yeah, I think some some see it as like a feeder yeah. tour, don't they? Yeah, yeah. but but players like him, obviously, he wasn't that he's, he wasn't as well ranked. Um, he's not like a, a, as big a name as as um, as other players in the field. However, he's an American that is applying his trade in Europe. Yeah, and well, he's reaped the benefits, isn't he? Yeah. As John Catlin, yeah, Kirk Kitayama, who won on PGA Tour a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I think they see it as an opportunity, like you say, to get tour experience. And also, you probably argue, for the most part, maybe on more difficult, tighter golf courses. Mm. You know, you see, the, the, obviously, there's the, the whole, all the European courses are tighter, the American courses are wider with fairways and so on. But, you know, to get that experience, and then obviously Brooks has gone on to use that yeah, in, yeah. <laughs> very well, um, both in Ryder Cups, playing in Europe and so on, and then also, you know, five major championships. So, it's it like you say, it's not some not necessarily a stepping stone because a lot mm-hmm. of players you know <clears throat> still see the DP World Tour, especially the European players still see the DP World Tour as very much level with yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it can be seen as like you say, slightly inferior because the PGA Tour maybe has the American quality mm-hmm. at the very top end as well, which the DP World Tour maybe doesn't have. Mm-hmm. I mean, from being there last week, um, it, it was absolutely <clears throat> it was absolutely crucial that Justin Rose played. Um, and to be fair, I was chatting with Steve last week and we were looking back on the previous British Masters fields and it has attracted some brilliant fields. Um, in 2017, I think it was, when Paul Dunn won, he beat, he finished top with Roy McIlroy in second. But it was a great field. There was Shane Lowry, Matt Fitzpatrick, yeah. Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter. I think Westwood would have played because it was that close house. And these these tournaments... Well, the British Martin in particular, um, with its UK appeal and the fans, um, it has been able to attract very decent fields 
and therefore it attracts decent a decent crowd. And it was you could tell by Justin Rose being there, it was crucial. Like they used him for a, a walk and talk yeah. with his um, practice succession. Yeah, so like, yeah, at the weekend. Tim Barter as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he also did. I don't know, saw the fourteen club challenge with um, yeah. Nick Faldo as well. Yeah, which um, obviously getting to Nick in as well. I think was a, yeah. Was I mean, a good it, it, as well. it, it, by being there, I mean you obviously see it on TV as well. But by being there, you did really see how that event was affected just by the presence of like two people. Yeah. Um, and obviously Minwoo Lee as well. What did he finish? Yeah, was it tied fifth at the US Open. Was it? All yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so you, his career has come on leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. Um, obviously, his sister as well playing mm-hmm. some great golf on the women's tour. And um, like you say, if you've got those couple of big names, and also the Belfry as well, it's it's accessible. It's right in the middle of the country. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can. It's what hour and a half. It's just off, it's hours, just off the motorway as well. Exactly. You literally you drive in a straight line down the motorway, but yeah. from where I live in Salford's. Yeah. And it's you come off the motorway and it's there. So yeah. that's that's another exactly. sort of good thing about you it. Know, two hours from pretty much anywhere on the M sixty two, you know, east to west. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, same for some sort of you know, Watford gap and up yeah. <laughs> as the north <laughs> yeah, starts. Exactly. Yeah. Um and so it's it's very accessible, you know, and, and also like you say, it's a good it's just a good place for a tournament to happen. Yeah. It's why it's why it was was it four time Ryder Cup venue I think, um, you know it's hosted this tournament before, it's hosted other events before. It's a, it's a good place for mm. a tour event to happen. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, and the point I was alluding to then was because in the press conference, um, Justin Rose was asked. He wasn't. The suggestion wasn't that events like this might not exist one day. That that wasn't a suggestion, although that has happened before. It was. It wasn't an event. Between 2009 and 14, hmm. it wasn't an event. Yeah. The, the question posed to him wasn't about that. It was just about strength of field. And it was about how important it was for players like him to still go there. Because if this merger with the PJ Tour and the public investment funds and the DP World Tour is going to happen, say, by 2025, golf is going to be a very, very congested world. So our events like that are going to be able to still attract Justin Rose. Yeah. When it's already quite congested anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. Obviously, you know, we can, you can go on all you want, but you're not going to know until mm. all the details of the merger eventually come out. And they said, obviously it could be months. It could, we could even be 12 or 18 months down the line mm. before we actually find out what it means. Yeah. We just know that live golf is obviously going to be happening next season. Um, we know that the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour will carry on. But like you say, strength of field, it's going to be because you've got that sort of core group of maybe you know 40 or 50 world-class names mm. where it's going to be spread out because they can't play every week either. No. You know, that's just not physically no. possible. No. So is there going to be events where it's like, oh, you know, the best player in the field is ranked 40 in the world. Mm. Is that going to attract fields? And then, yeah, I, so I do see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. And that could be an issue, especially for the smaller ends, a la... DP World Tour, sort of like a made in Himaland or a you know KLM Open or something like yeah, that. You, you, Can you, they survive? You'd have to. You have to. I mean, obviously, we, we don't know what is going to take place, what schedule is going to look like in a few years, and I don't even think like Jay Monahan and Yazir Arumayan know. No, but you know, from this stance that we're in today, you, you would have to fear a little bit for those events, wouldn't you? Because especially if they can't, there's also the prize money dynamic, you know. The current most a lot of prize funds on DP World Tour are two million, two million dollars. Yeah. Um, I think last week might have been three point five million. Um, as it's, yeah, cause, as it's one of the bigger events. Yeah, sort of, yeah, because yeah, they but, have sort of tiered events a little bit, don't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah. But you know, Keegan Bradley won 
3.6 million for winning the, the, um, travelers. the travelers. Mm. So it's just that sort of dynamic. We'll, we'll, I think you would have to be concerned for DP World Tour events um, unless they just pumped money into them because because the prize money would always attract players. Yeah, of course. Um, and because really, if we're being honest, I don't know, Justin Rose, the only reason this British Masters is attracting Justin, Justin Rose is because of the UK appeal. He's a bit of a wild card. He's a bit of a wild card appearance, really, isn't it, for people, for a player like Justin Rose to appear at an event like that? Yeah. Um, in the same way that sort of was made in Himalayan this week, you'll have Thomas Bjorn and, mm. you know, and so on. Yeah. Um, it's like, but then obviously, does it then get looked on? Obviously, we, we said earlier about whether it's looked on as a sort of inferior mm. tour like to the PGA Tour. Does it then become like a, a second division sort of exactly. tour? And then, you know, if you can't get your PGA Tour card, because it's, what is it, 150 players have a mm. PGA Tour card or something like that, barring medical exemptions and so yeah. on. Can do you then drop drop down, and I put that in inverted commas, mm. drop down to the DP World Tour, you know, where you have another 150 players, you know, and then obviously you've got Live Golf and, and PIF and where, yeah. where that's going to fit in because obviously you've got some of the top 50 in the world playing there, like DJ Cameron Smith and so on. Where does where does it all fit in? And obviously mm. that's something that we could talk about. We could probably talk about for <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we don't know. We're not going to know. And like you say, I don't think Monaghan and, and or Keith Pelly even, they, I don't think they necessarily know what's going to happen. Certainly not. Um, and, you know, it's... it's. don't want to sound negative about the DP World Tour because it, it could be a very positive outlook as well in the next few years. They could benefit from a lot of um, increases in prize money. They could benefit from better fields in that sense. Amer- more Americans could play in Europe um, in, in, in years to come if this merger is to provide these DP World Tour events with with bigger prize purses. Because look at the Scottish Open. You know, anyone who is anyone is entered in the Scottish Open. And that's an example of how a co-sanctioned event with with decent prize money um, can benefit. Um, someone who's got a very bright outlook now, having won his first PJ Tour victory for four years, is Rookie Fowler. Um <laughs> Who's he, loved in Scotland as well. Yes, and, you know, of course. Yeah. I think he's loved around the world, really, Ricky Fowler, mm. for the story he's had over the last few years as well. You mentioned it's been four years. Yeah. Um, I think when I first started watching golf when I was some 25, so I started watching golf when I was about um, in like 2011, 2010. So The All Orange. Yeah, Sunday. it was always the All Orange, yeah. the long hair. Um, and that was when he started becoming a really good player. I yeah. think it was... 2014 or 15, I think it was 2014 when he he finished in the top five. Yeah, I think he yeah, lost 14 with yeah, every major, yeah. which is obviously massively impressive. But after winning last night at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, afterwards he said he's never felt better about his game, hmm. which is a really exciting prospect, yeah. especially ahead of the Open, ahead of the Ryder Cup. Not so much an exciting prospect for us Brits and Europeans ahead yeah. of the Ryder Cup. No, no, certainly, no, <laughs> well, yeah, definitely, because it just adds another string, string to their bow, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. But yeah, um, how uh, have you always been a big fan of Rick Fowler? I think he's he's one of those people like like you mentioned. He obviously it was the college colours, and he, he mm. always wore orange on the final day. And you just he was someone you just a bit like Tiger Red. You knew yeah, Ricky was yeah, there. Yeah. If he was in his orange. And you mentioned the long hair. It was just not so much a look. It was a vibe. that point, you know, because <laughs> um, you had you know the clean cut golfers and so mm. on, and then you had Ricky who turned up with his. Not, you know, with his snapbacks on, you know, mm. with the flat brims on his on, on, the, his on his own his way, yeah. with the Puma logo and 
Puma logo, like Thief with <laughs> Brits. Um, but yeah, in the, all this in all the orange with the white shoes with the orange Puma logo on, it was just not so much a different way of golf, but it was a different look mm. to golf. And I think everyone was like, "Oh, there's Ricky." Yeah, and you sort of followed Ricky, and you were like, and so obviously the last few years has been. I also think golf has missed him as a personality as well. Oh, certainly. Um, he, you know, I think he's he definitely brings something to the tour that goal, other golfers don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it is the orange on Sunday or you know, but the crowds flock to him. Yeah, because yeah. of the story. Yeah, instantly gone recognizable through. figure on the golf course. Exactly. Actually went to watch watch him at an event. Yeah, instantly exactly where he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so he beat Colin Morikawa and Adam Hadwin in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked for a minute, sort of in the last round at Detroit Golf Club. You know, he, he hadn't he hadn't made a birdie. There was a ten hole period where he hadn't made a birdie. Yeah. He missed and, a couple of short puts on the back nine as well. Which so you're thinking, letting run away with it. In the you're end, thinking, is this another one that's going to get away from him? Because US Open, yeah, you can. The US Open is, I suppose, slightly, slightly more forgivable. There's a more high pressure situation, but still disappointing. Yeah. But his form has been absolutely incredible. Um, and a win like this, I feel like, was coming. Although it did look, look like it could have got away from him at some point. Um, and moving on to the sort of longer-term goal that he'd set himself for the start of the season, he wanted to get into the Ryder Cup team. He missed out in 2021 because he was in no sort of shape or form to, to, to be in contention for that team. But, I mean, if <clears throat> he, he was virtually going to be on it having won one last night or not because his form is so... So consistent and better than a lot of other Americans, but it was a target that he set himself at the start of the season. He's now going to be playing in I don't know how many Ryder Cups he's played in now, maybe four or five. Mm. Um, but his last one was in Paris in 2018. Um, and if anything, I suppose he's made Zach Johnson's job quite a bit easier. To be fair, isn't he? Yeah, I think well, obviously I think was it seven seven top tens now? I think mm. this this year, but or, or yeah, I mean. He is easily the most informed man in, in golf. Um, I think, especially on the PGA Tour, and especially in the American ranks for the Ryder Cup, um, no European player would want to play him in the current form he's in. You mentioned, obviously, I think he dropped what now to 185th in the world rankings or mm-hmm. somewhere around there last year because of that drop off, and obviously, so sort of missed out on 2021, understandably so, as, as you rightly said, but. You know, obviously, with the whole talk of our live golfers going to be playing, so is the you know is Bryson going to play? Is Brooks going to play? Is DJ going to play? Um, Ricky's in, but, Isn't I think, but I think you've got to admit, I think you know they're doing a six and six. I think like in Europe, Europe have taken mm, a six and six option this year as well. Um, even if Ricky doesn't get in in those top six spots. It's Zach Johnson's got to pick him yeah, in the form yeah. he's in. What we three months out from the Ryder Cup, he's just got to pick him. Yeah, he's certainly going to be part of the spine, isn't he? Um, and yeah, his changes at the he changes to his team at the start of the season were very well documented. He broke up with his old caddy, and now he's with Ricky Romano, um, who he used to be with. Back to Butch Harmon, who interestingly he said last night that he doesn't actually see that much of Butch. He doesn't travel Butch Harmon. Um, a lot of stuff that he sees of Ricky's on TV on videos. He said he's seen him only four times, about four times this season, um, which is probably a credit to how sort of legendary and good Butch Harmon is. I mean, he's he clearly gets the best out of Ricky Fowler um, and <clears throat> it's certainly a very exciting prospect of him uh, playing at the Open at Hoylake where he pushed McElroy quite quite close. 
Um, obviously, Rory won. That was his first claret jug. So Ricky will be returning to that golf course, back in form, back with Butch Harmon, um, just for more familiar familiarity in his in his backroom staff, if you like. What can he do it? Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that Fowler. I mean, brilliantly won last night, um, and he's got a bit more, a bit like Max Homer. He's got a bit more perspective with his child, with his daughter, um, who joined him on the on the green um, last night. He's got a bit more perspective, and he sort of alluded to sometimes that. You know, although it, it, it is why he's a millionaire, golf is why he's a millionaire. However, he can make golf take a back seat because now he's got a yeah. family. Yeah. So maybe he, that, maybe that will help him be more relaxed in high pressure situations. Yeah. I mean, you had said that yesterday in his interview on, on the green, like you mentioned with with Amanda Renner. He said, you know, yeah, this is great, but nothing's better than family, mm-hmm. or you know, or words to that effect. <laughs> and I think that has maybe maybe it has changed him a little bit in the same way it changed John Rahm a little bit when he had his. First gel. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know what John Rahm's got on to do in the last eighteen months. Um, so maybe maybe that is uh, a key part of it. You know, maybe yeah. he's become a bit more relaxed. He's you know he thinks about the family first, maybe, and not so much putting pressure on the golf. And maybe that is you know what has been the, the sort of the key, one of the key mm-hmm. things, along with bringing Butch back in and and so on. But I think you can't argue that he's got to be one of the favourites at Hoylake later this month. I mean, well. I think a question. Well, what I alluded was alluded to then was he's a he, he appears to be. I've never we, I've never spoken to him, um, but he appears to be a very nice bloke, yeah. very down to earth, very relaxed bloke. Um, but that sort of calls into question for me. Um, like at the US Open, he played very well in the opening rounds, very very well. But in, on Sundays and in previous Sundays in his career at majors, he's not been ruthless. He's not been. He's not grabbed the ball by the horns. Yeah. And I think is that down to his sort of relaxed, nice personality. Possibly, I mean, you mentioned the US. You mentioned the US Open with him, he and um, was it Mark? Uh, he and Justin Thomas both shot eight under, or Colin Showfly. Showfly was eight under, yeah. Um, and then he just didn't go on from mm-hmm. there. I think he made ten under on the second day, but that was about as far as far up as he went. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, even if he puts another couple of rounds in the sixties, that tournament's dead and buried, mm. and, and he's won it by Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think ruthlessness is maybe a, a, a key fact. You look at someone like Averroes Kepka, five majors now, ruthless. You know, mm-hmm. didn't play his best in winning the most recent one, but got over the line yeah. because of that. Because of that, um, and as obviously documented on the you know on full swing the Netflix series, you know what Brooks is. Brooks is there to mm-hmm. to kill the opposition yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Does Ricky have that in him? Maybe not. Um, but then we've seen nice guys win all the time. Yeah, we've seen yeah. nice guys winning golf, but maybe it, maybe it is something that could be maybe just holding him back. Yeah, possibly. I mean, there's, there's plenty of time. You know, he's 30, 33, 34. Um, he's easily got, you know, like, like we see Phil Mickelson and players like that. He, um, Richard Bland, who won DP World Tour at the age of 48. You know, he's got easily got another 15, 16 years to win a major. And that's what me and me and Tom, I think it was, alluded to on a previous podcast that same with McElroy. I'll question to Tom if he's even going to win another major, but he's got another 15, 16 years of, of playing in four majors a year. Um, now Ricky will have his exemptions back because he, he, he's missed out on the US Open a couple of times. He's yeah. missed out on the, the Masters a couple of times. Yeah. I, don't think he, I don't think he played at last year's Open, Ricky Fowler. Um, I might be wrong there, but I don't well, know. Of course, he missed last year's. 
Um, was it last year's PGA? No, last year's US Open yeah. when he was stood on the range all day. Of he was the first alternate, yeah. all next alternate in. Yeah. No one pulled out. Um, and obviously, he then went from that to shooting, mm. you know, record 62 in the first round. But obviously, we, we know how it went after that. Um, but yeah, he's had his, he's had his time sort of away in the doldrums, as, as you could say. Mm. And I think now, is, as he says, he's played the best golf of his life. And I, who are we to argue with that? <clears throat> no, certainly. And he beat Adam Hadwin and Morikawa, Colin Morikawa in the, in the playoff. Um, with Colin Morikawa, he's one of my, my favourite players, partly because I bet on him to win the Open <laughs> when, when he won it. So that, that obviously helps. But I love his tempo. I love his swing. Uh, he seems a really sort of relaxed, nice person as well. I feel like him and... Ricky and Justin Thomas, they're all very similar in the way they handle the show as well. That's all the group. Yeah. They're very sort of, the demeanour is very calm. Laid back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love watching Colin Cow play golf. Um, it's a, it was a shame at the start of the season in January when he didn't win the Century Tournament of Champions um, after being such a long way ahead. And whether that's affected him throughout the rest of this season, I don't know. I feel like that he's putting... Um, has always been a big thing with him. He employed a new putting coach at the start yeah. of the season. I don't. I, I mean, he hasn't won yet. Not winning doesn't mean he's not successful because he's had a tied 14th at the a US Open, tied 13th at the Players, tied 10th at the Masters. All admirable, admirable finishes that a lot of players would like. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, as much as it was enjoyable to watch Ricky Fowler to win last night, I would have enjoyed a Morikawa win as well. I think. Yeah, I mean, because obviously he's not won on tour since I think it's twenty twenty one, so he's you know he's endured eighteen to twenty months since since he won. Obviously, he had that quick spell where he won the PGA at Harding Park and then he won the Open as well. And it was just a case of oh, is he going to be the new you know mm. the new major star? You know, we had setting all sorts of records at like twenty one years old. Exactly, yeah, and obviously you know Brooks did it when he won. Four majors in three years, you mm. know, with the US and the US Open and the PGA. Rory did it when he won four majors in over the space of a few years, and, and it was there was talk of oh, Morikawa will. There's every chance he will go on and mm. complete, complete this Grand Slam in the next few years, and it just hasn't happened for him. Um, and it's like you say, the, the putting has always been a bit like Will Zalatoris. The yeah, putting has yeah. always been the key factor. Um, and Tony Finau as well. The sort of the, the yeah, sort yeah, of probably yeah. the main three. You probably the Scottish effort at the minute now, even well, exactly yeah, from those sort of the sort of five to six feet Sheffers, yeah. yeah. Um, we we found the we found the key uh, chink in his armour in the Scottish oh, Um But yeah, when it comes to Colin, I think he, he's still a player that could very easily win at, at Hoylake. Certainly, I mean. Performed on the Lynx Golf at St George's two years ago. Um, his iron play is absolutely fantastic. He's got every, every shot in the book yeah. with the irons. It's just his iron play is, if you want to learn how to hit an mm. iron, watch Colin Morikawa. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Certainly. Um, and that, again, those two, those are two players um, that we're going to be expecting to see at the Ryder Cup. Um, but the, the, the US standings are very, very competitive. You know, I, we spoke earlier. Um, about how I have to update sort of standings on the website, and yeah. I'm updating the American standings, and you know, Wyndham Clark's burst into the top ten, the top three even. US Keegan Open. Bradley's burst into the top six, seven. Championship. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, those are two players that could get automatic picks. Who you the start of season, of, Yeah. The start of season, you're thinking, you're thinking they're not going to be in yeah. the conversation because you're and thinking now bump out two regulars because yeah, you're thinking Spieth. JT, Chauflay, um, you know, 
But then you've, you do, I suppose you, you probably think of those three, and then you probably do have a couple of gaps in there. Yeah. With, for a Zalatoris, a Finau, a, mm. a Scheffler, obviously will be in there. And then does Morikawa make it in at the moment? I mean, it's it's close for sure. Um, we'll just have to look at the standings here. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like like we mentioned earlier, with the six and six, it doesn't necessarily. It's not necessarily a problem if you don't make it. No, exactly. Yeah, because if you're very close, seventh, for example, you're going to get you're going to get in, aren't you? Yeah. So if we bring up the, the rankings here. See, these are as of yeah, July the third today. So Sheffield's top, Wyndham Clark, Brooks Kepka, Hazander Trophy, Cantley is fifth, Max Homer is sixth. So those are the top six. That if it was decided now, those six were getting automatically. Then you've got, so you've got Keegan Bradley, Jordan Spieth, Cameron Young, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, and Colin Morikawa, who is on the cusp. On the cusp, twelfth. Ricky Fowler is sixteenth. Tony Fino eighteenth. Tony Fino eighteenth. So there's going to be a couple of big names that are that are going to miss out for America. Yeah. I mean, we talk of putting, by the way, Denny McCarthy. Yeah. What a clinic he put on. At the, I think it was, was it the US Open? Uh, or a couple of, no, it was it was, it, it, it was a tour event the week after that. He, he, he lost in the playoff. The playoff the Memorial. The Memorial, that was it, yeah. yeah. And the, the, to um, to Victor Hovland. Yes. The, the, his putting that week, I think he gained like double digit strokes on the field. Mm. Like, you want the, Colin, Chef, Scotty, go to Denny. <laughs> go to Denny. <laughs> go to Denny. Right up there. Spent half an hour on the party with Denny McCarthy. Yeah. But yeah, even you know, someone like Sahi Figala, who's 20th, it might be a bit early. This year might become a bit early. early well, Harry English played at Whistling Straits yeah. last, last time out. Yeah, and so if Sahi Figala wins mm. an event this year, which is not beyond the realm's possibility, mm. between now and September, he could get into the top 10 or top yeah. 15 and then be very much in the mm. thoughts of Zach Johnson. But then... I mean, and I think this is probably the. I mean, look at the gap that Scotty Scheffler has at the top of that. He's got almost double the amount of points um, as anyone else because yeah. he's, he's had what three win, four wins, three wins, mm-hmm. um, and if he doesn't win, he finishes second, third, or fourth. Essentially, mm-hmm. this season, he's just been incredible. Yeah. But I mean, and I know we. I think we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But <clears throat> will Brooks be eligible for selection? You know, is mm-hmm. that we? It's is, is well. I mean, if he gets in the top six, that's going to be that's him in, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, but will they change it because he's part of Live Golf? And, you know, well, and that's part of the, the conversation mm-hmm. that has been had. And you know, yeah. obviously, you look at the European team, and obviously, Henrik Stenson was mm-hmm. captain, booted out mm-hmm. because he's you know went to Live Golf. Um, so obviously, and Europe have basically European got you know the European tour, the European team basically said, yeah, they mm-hmm. won't be playing. So obviously that gets rid of yeah. the westwards, you pull to, and so on. Yeah. In Europe, will the Americans do the same? Yeah. Well, I think according to the rules, I think I think Seth War, the the president of the of the PGA of America, mm-hmm. and Zach Johnson have, have said as long as they are still members of the PGA of America, they will. Ah, okay. They're right. eligible. So I think Cat Chris has still got a membership. Right? I was, I was trying to get, of, him, get rid of him to yeah. sort of help the European course, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. But, uh, the only people tour obviously Stenson and all that have resigned. Yeah. So they're, yes. They're, they're not eligible. If we move on to sort of the live golf side, like these top top twenty, these top twenty players in the Europe in the US standings are all fairly solid players. Yeah. They don't so, so as they're no longer that their memberships have been suspended from the PJ Tour. So people like Taylor Gooch and Bryson DeChambeau, who haven't won a major, mm-hmm. who aren't in the top three or two, they're nowhere near the top twelve in the standings. Yeah. However, DeChambeau has performed very well in majors. 
And Taylor Gooch has won um, for the third time in his live golf career, the first player in its short history to win three yeah. times um, at Valderrama, beating Bryson and Brooks, um, having won in Adelaide and Singapore previously. Um, so he's ranked 90th in the world, but obviously he hasn't got any access to world ranking points yeah. apart from majors. You'd argue that three wins in the last three months or, or how long the timeline is would put him yeah. right towards the top. And that, and that is, you know, although, although they're 48 player fields and only 54 holes, that's different, to, obviously different to the PJ Tour, mm-hmm. but this is objectively good golf. Like to, to, to shoot scores and win tournaments. We're still major champions and major players with major pedigree. It's still brilliant golf. He's winning events. But could you put him in the top 12 American players? When you look at that list of point scores, obviously, you know, we don't know how it would rank, you know, in terms of winning live golf events for points that you get on a PGA Tour or majors. But you look at some of the golfers that may be in that top 12 and, you, you know, JT not playing his best. Sam Burns not playing, you know, such good golf. Cameron Young, I mean, I think Cameron Young's tempo in his backswing is incredible. It's very Hideki yeah. with the pause yeah. at the top. Yeah. Um, but I think there are a few names in there that could easily miss out Slightly. if you're including the likes of DJ, mm. Brooks, Bryson. And I think Taylor Gooch has definitely put his name in the hat for a place. Yeah. Especially if that, if, if that is the case and they're still allowing members of the PGA of America to play, I think Zach Johnson, put it this way, it's a good problem to have for Zach Johnson. It's a very good problem to have, but it's, I don't know, I've seen a few tweets that I do sympathise with. Um, When the first antitrust lawsuit was brought against the PGA Tour last August, Gooch and DeChambeau were two names on it Mm. to litigate, essentially to put themselves on litigation against the PGA Tour. And to be honest, it wouldn't, I mean... It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, like people like Spieth Thomas, the loyalists, like if you want to call them that, they they must sort of, that must leave a sour taste in the mouth of the loyalists mm-hmm. who see their former colleagues joining joining in a lawsuit against your tour. And and you, you've got to think about the team dynamics in, in, the, in the dressing rooms, so to speak. Like you've got to think about, they've all got to be friends. Is, yeah. what, is, is my point. Like we were just saying with Xander and, and JT yeah. and Spieth and, and so on and Colin, they're yeah. all, you can see they're all, they're all close friends. And, and, and very much in a similar way, the European team, they all mm. seem to be good friends. Yeah. Like, you know, you look at Ram and Rory, Shane Lowry, Victor mm. Hovland, they all seem to get on. Yeah. Um, and that seems, that has helped Europe over the last decade. It didn't help in Whistling Straits, obviously. It really didn't help. <laughs> um, but you look at the European team over the last 10 years and that sort of camaraderie. And then you look at, you know, some of the performances like, you know, Phil coming back in mm. when he really shouldn't have been in the Ryder Cup. Bryson has not played well in the Ryder Cup. In Europe, on Europe, he played well in Whistling Straits. And um, everyone remembers him driving the first green. Yeah, of course. There's just everyone thinking, right, well, we've lost this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. When, you know, do you, go for the team balance over possibly better players. Mm. Mm. I think you probably have to veer towards team balance. Yeah. Because let's face it. I agree. I mean, if one of Spieth or JT makes it in to the top six, the other will get picked because Mm. they are a formidable pairing when it comes to foursomes and four balls. True. 
is it, I think four points out of five they got in, mm-hmm. uh, uh, including singles in in Whistling Straits. Not quite Tommy and um, Molinari. Uh, yeah, Tommy and Molinari. Mollywood was Mollywood. Yeah, yeah, not quite that in, in Paris, but. Um, yeah, I think you have to think about that team dynamic, certainly. And that will be a question that Zach and his team, I think mm-hmm. you know, Tim Fiorik and, and the likes of the people who are, who are involved, the will last, definitely have to think about it. Yeah, the last time he was asked about it, he sort of... This is Zach Johnson, I mean. He, he sort of alluded to the fact that he didn't really watch that much of golf. Um, which I suppose wouldn't make, it, wouldn't make it that fair on the players to actually play on it. I mean... Brooks is going to be in the team, I think. I think that's definite. Yeah. Um, with Taylor Gooch, the way the way last year at the Portland event as well, that he compared the atmosphere to a Ryder Cup as well. I, I don't know. I think in terms of him, him, him as a, using him as a, a specific example as the winner at Valderrama, which was also touted as an incredibly difficult golf course as well. So that makes his victory all the more... First continental European Ryder Cup as well. Yeah. yeah. So... If we're using him as a specific example of is he going to be in the Ryder Cup team, I, I think too much water has passed under the bridge. I, I think agree with that. I think too much has been said, and that's similar with Sergio Garcia. You know, even if he was still eligible, even if the case was that he was still a member of the DP World Tour, not being fined, still playing live golf, but allowed to be on the team, I think he said too much. I think too much has been said for him. To be on that team because it would just risk ruining the team yes, dynamic. And I think, and, and that's why Europe used to um, beat America so often, despite having weaker teams, yeah. because their dynamic was so good, their camaraderie was so good. Yeah, you look and at look at Medina, for instance. Yeah, you know, there should never have been a comeback there because that team on paper was weaker yeah. than the Americans. Yeah. But the team spirit and you know having Ollie as captain with you know Seve on his shoulder, I yeah. suppose um, that truly came across then and I think that could also be something that really does affect mm-hmm. this year's Ryder Cup if Zach Johnson is to pick live golf players mm-hmm. I mean like the way you said there are certain circles in that US team where they all get along like Morikawa Thomas Spieth you can hope the list goes on Yeah. and at the Masters when Rahm and Smith Cameron Smith were asked about is it attention have you spoken to people Rahm, was like, Rahm said yeah I've spoken to DJ Rory plays with Brooks. But yeah, Rory. We've seen that a few the last few yeah, events. Rory and Brooks are quite friends. friends. Yeah. Um, but I don't get that same vibe with someone like DeChambeau. I feel like, I mean, his personality is quite outcast, and it is quite an outcast anyway. I think he's admitted that before. Like, I think he's admitted that he's different before, which is fine. Um, however, I don't see that same harmony across PJ Tour players and DeChambeau, whereas I think Johnson and Kepka are different, which would make them more acceptable selections in the US team. Yeah, I do see where you're coming from. Yeah, I think Bryson has done, th- he's also done things differently over the last, you know, few minutes. Mm. I mean, everyone remembers his comment about Augusta being a par 67. Well, yeah. yeah, just things and like then proceeding to No one else says that, do they? Yeah, and then proceeding to miss the cut. Yeah. And um, like, so... Yeah, I think Bryson would probably be the one you would think mm, that might change the team dynamic mm. a little bit. But I, I would agree that sort of the likes of Brooks and and, and DJ would, yeah. I would argue. Well, like I said Brooks will probably get in, mm. depending what happens at the Open. Yeah. We don't know what you know with how points might change there. But yeah, I can't see, I 
can't see those two having much of an effect on team mm. dynamic, whereas yeah. Bryson could be the one that possibly... Mm. But fair play to Taylor Gooch. He's playing absolutely brilliantly. He's earned a lot of money as well. Um, <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Yeah. The four million, I think, was it for winning? Another one. For winning yesterday. Another nice pay packet. But it's objectively good golf. He's winning events. He's winning. Um, he's won three live events. So fair play to him. Um, and another thing that cropped up about Dharma was Richard Bland was. Um, penalised for yeah. slow play. Yeah, I saw about this. Yeah, which is quite a, which is quite, it's, it's, it's quite a thing because although slow play has always been a debate in golf, it's been a debate in golf for as long as I can, as, as long as I can remember. And very but it, recently as well with Patrick Cantlay and so on on the PGA on the PGA Tour, for instance. Well, it was reignited at the Masters, really, wasn't yeah. it? When there was a clip of Hovland walking forwards yeah. while playing with Cantlay. And was, it, was it the, um, the 13th green, wasn't it, where Hovland was already chipping from the, the backside yeah. of Ray's Creek yeah. and Patrick Cantlay was still 100 yards up the fairway? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, and then obviously Brooks, in his comments, um, saying, you know, the mm. guys should be getting strokes added to their score and so on. Um, and it's... It's a complex thing, isn't it? Because it's hard to it's hard to punish players because you could be playing behind someone who's slow. You could be playing with someone who's slow, mm. and that's not your fault. Yeah. Um, but golf a, should not be taking five hours. Well, no, 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 no matter no, no matter how many. In, you know. in, in fact, a few weeks ago, um, me and a couple of my flatmates and another lads, they're, they're not that experienced in golf. Mm. They're, they're building it sort of this summer, yeah. and I played with them at Highley and wherever that is, Nutsford. Yeah, so many warranted. Yeah, yeah, I played there a couple of times, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was the four of us. We teed off at quarter to five um, in the evening, because these evenings are out now, don't yeah. they? So, and I was wondering if we were going to get round. I thought it would take five hours. And, you know, we, we did take a while. We did, did feel slow. Yeah. But it took like four and a half hours, which made, and, and it made me think, for an how slow, yeah, yeah. how slow do you have to play to play for five hours? It's like even your typical Sunday co- Saturday competition, Saturday yeah. medal at, you, at your local club. If you've taken more than four and a half hours, you're getting annoyed. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, oh, they're looking for a ball. Fair enough. Yeah. But if you're playing for, if you're out there for more than four and a half hours, it's, that's a slog. Yeah, it is. Um, but to explain the Richard Bland situation, so in round two of the Live Golf Andalusia event at Valderrama, um, his group of Bland, Dean Burmester and Garcia were officially warned on the fourth hole of their day. So that was the eighth hole at Valderrama. Their group was out of position and in and behind in relation to time par. And then after their ninth hole of the day, on the hole 13, they were put on the clock. Um, and then on the tee of the 15th hole, Bland, who was first to play, and as part of Live Golf's pace of play policy, if you're first to play, you get an extra 10 seconds... To the 40 on, you on top of the 40 you get anyway. Yeah. So he would have had 50 seconds. Yes, 50 to seconds to hit his shot. And he took 84 seconds to hit his shot. And that exceeded the allotted time. So he was given a five, a double bogey on his par three instead of a four. Yeah, so, so, so a one-stroke penalty. And for, yeah. I believe that's the first stroke penalty, the first penalty for slow play since John Catlin, Catlin at the PGA in 2021. 2021. Yeah. So what... Yeah. I get from this is fair enough, brilliant. 
he's taken too long to do that penalty, definitely. Do Liv now have a chance to really... I mean, you can't just throw penalties out left, right and centre. But in this debate, in this current debate, that's going on and on and on. Do Liv have the chance to sort of pave the way in the pace of play debate? Yeah, I mean... You can throw penalties around left, right and centre. I mean, if anyone watched Formula One in Austria on Sunday, you'd see that I think every driver got penalised at some point in, in the race. Okay. Um, but in, in goal... It, what was that for then? But it, track limits. Everyone was just... It was just... Right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were just saying, just put grass and gravel out there. It would make more sense. Um, okay. But yeah, in terms of golf, it's, it's a very difficult one because if you start doing it, where do you draw the line? Mm. You know, you, you know, it's... In live golf, they have the shot clock, and you've got fifty seconds if you're the first to tee off. But if you take fifty-one seconds, are you being penalised? Or do you get a bit of leeway? You, you know exactly. So it's like, how do you how how do you keep it? It's probably a lot easier to also do when you've got all forty-eight players out on the course at one time, teeing off in different on different holes as they do. You know, shotgun start in live golf. <clears throat> so it's quite easy to see. Oh, this group have fallen behind a little bit. You know. Whereas if you're seeing off every 12 minutes, as they do on the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, maybe it's a little bit harder to 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 work out. But I do think this is the opportunity now to try. They can try and use this as sort of because obviously everyone sees live golf. 90% of golf fans see live golf as the enemy. Yeah, certainly. Know, after after, every, after everything that happened, you know, and with where the money's come from, or you know, allegedly, and and, and so on and so <laughs> forth, and. But this could be one of their drive for good sort of yeah, things, yeah. you know, because yeah. no one wants to see, you know, you sit down, for, for us, obviously, in the UK, you sit down and you see the leaders tee off at 7pm on, on a Sunday evening. You think, right, lovely, we done no later than quarter past 11 if there's no playoff. Perfect, into, into bed, off to work in yeah. the morning. You don't want to be seeing that group who tee off at 7 o'clock still on the course at midnight mm. because they've taken so long. So this could be a real good initiative, not not yeah. initiative, but an idea for them to drive forward to try and knock out the pace of play, yeah. especially in, like, say, like I said, forty-eight players in sixteen groups of three. It's a lot easier to manage than yeah. one hundred and fifty group, one hundred and fifty players on a Thursday afternoon. Mm. I mean, to go and mean sort of to get penalised as well in a shotgun in a shotgun start. Yeah. I think that's even an even worse indictment on on the group. And, and Richard Bland. Mm. Especially um, if they've been warned twice already. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that, that's the thing. But John Rahm's alluded to it where you could have less players on the course. He said once that the FedEx Cup, they never really hear of this debate because there's less players on the golf course. So, But then obviously the PGA Tour are bringing in smaller events you know, as of next season with the, yeah. bigger, with the bigger prize money and so on. So there's no... So <laughs> I can't those events, golf. Yeah, so at those events, there should be no, there should be no excuses for slow play. Matt Fitzpatrick has also previously been uh, has previously expressed pretty strong um, opinions on how mm. you should not be playing over for over four hours, four and a half hours. Yeah, but I, I do think I had an idea a few week, a, a few months ago with Alex um, on the on the podcast that on the PJ Tour there's so many initiatives like the Aon Risk Reward Challenge. Where like you, you play, you get points for you get a drivable par four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it changes week by week, and you've got the, the player impact program. You've got the Comcast Business Tour, where the top ten players get even more money. Yeah, and the you know the player impact program rewards 
you rewards you for Google searches and brand exposure. Well, why can't we have an initiative that rewards players for playing quicker? Yeah. I, I honestly don't think that is a bad idea. No, I, I completely agree. And I think it would also, if, if you were to watch players play quicker on a, on a Saturday, Sunday, when, you, when you're watching golf, you'd think... All right, yeah. yeah. No, if they can play that quickly, I yeah. can play that quickly because I do feel that some people think that you know. I've played with. And this is going to sound very snotty and snobby of me. <laughs> I've played with sort of mid to high handicappers who, when putting, will walk all the way around mm. the, the hole because they've watched the pro do it. Because they've watched the pro do it, and I think it's just you know. At that level, you can kind of understand the pros doing it if if it's on the seventeenth or the seventy first green on a Sunday evening, and there's eight million dollars on the line. Yeah, five. If you're playing in your Saturday medal and you're already seventeen over par, just to hit the ball, just to, just to <laughs> see you put. Like yeah. it's just. Um, so I think it could it would be a sort of well if they can do it on tour, I can do it at home. Yeah, sort of. Or if it's like. Oh, so that's how long you have to take to be good. So then yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, it's a bit like you know when someone scores, someone scores a worldie in football. You get kids go out and try and recreate the same worldie. Yeah. You know, in the playground or at the school or wherever. Let's try and maybe do that with golf as well. Yeah. And it might get more people in if you could get round to being done in three, three and a half hours. Could also get more people into the sport, the sport we love and cherish to keep the sport going and to keep it growing as well. Yeah. The only thing I'd say about this situation, of all the golf shots that are hit, even in the golf events with less holes, of all the golf shots that are hit, do you think Richard Bland was the only one who broke the time? I mean, no, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I'm, I'm, it is such a hard thing to police. But I You'd suppose... have to have someone out with every group. Red, yeah. With three stopwatches, you know, if it's a three ball, three stopwatches, yeah. or you know, however it's you're such going to police. To police. But it's, also, it's a hard thing to police, but in each place that live um, visits and the PJ Tour visits and DP World Tour visits at these events, you get hundreds and you get hundreds of um, volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. I you, mean, you give a stopwatch to and train them. Yeah. Does, does this become more than 50? Yes, yeah. let us know. That's kind yeah. of all you need, really. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's. But then, obviously, that then you get you will get the clap back from the pros. Yeah. Know, like you know, stop pressurising us. Stop. We need to play golf. We're here to focus and enjoy ourselves. Yeah. We don't want to be focusing on a stopwatch. But it should come naturally. I think. I think it should come naturally. And sometimes I've been an advocate of just in general play. I think if you play golf with me, I'm sure I'm hoping we will soon. Yeah. Um, I think you you might think that I'm a slow player over the ball. I I, I look up quite a bit, I think, and sort of I, I look up. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I take quite a few looks, mm. but I think I think what I make up for in that is walking quite quickly. Mm. But with this and the taking too long to hit the shot, although their group has been warned for being out of position, which would suggest they're not walking fast enough, with specifically focusing on one shot taking too long that doesn't take into account other things yeah that, like can, you, for a golf that can make ball. you play quickly yeah yeah because because you think if you, if you think you have you know in your set like I said I go back to playing your Saturday medal at, yeah. your, at your local golf club you've got a group of four who are low handicappers and will all shoot in the 70s mm. they are going to take less time than a group of four who are high handicappers and shoot in the 90s 
just it's simple, yeah. obviously. There's going to be less balls being looked for. There's going to be less shots taken, less practice shots taken, and so on. So, my I have two two words that would sort this out. Ready golf. Don't bother waiting around. If if someone's there, no honor, no, no honor. Just to, maybe on the tee if it's you know mm. or whatever. But if we if we're down near the green and so say say me and you are playing, I'm already on the green, which is I don't know probably red. We'll, Difficult to comprehend, but we'll go with it. And I'm already <laughs> on the green, and you're playing a say a bunker shot from thirty yards or whatever. That doesn't make it inside my ball. Obviously, then it's still on, still the honours on you. Mm-hmm. No one's at all. We've now wait around. Let bunker be raked. Got to get the club out of the bag. You know, caddies then got to come in and have a look. Yeah. That's two or three minutes. While you're in the bunker, as long as I'm not in your line, I can be looking at my putt, yeah, seeing where it goes, where where I need to blah blah. While you're walking then up to your ball and grabbing your putter out of the bag. I can hit my putt. Yeah. That in itself saves two minutes. Yeah. That's really golf, isn't it? Yeah. But <laughs> if you think about it, though, realistically, on the PJ Tour, imagine watching it. You've got, you've got someone in the fairway bunker about 30 yards back yeah. and someone on the green. Imagine sort of while they're preparing for that shot, then putting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, that would be great because it would make us play quicker. Yeah. But it, it was just it was something, some of these things that people want in terms of increasing pace of play are just never going to happen like, yeah. it's not realistic because the problem is you want everyone on the green at one point so you can, yeah. so you can be watched and that, that I do understand and yeah. I do get that because but that's you, also from the television point of view yeah. as well but, I mean obviously the, the overall sentiment that's just one example the, yeah. the overall sentiment of really golf is, yeah. is how you that, that is sure right. like, if you're next to each other in the fairway and you're trying to work out who's going to go first yeah just, just hit the ball that is surely the, the best way. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. Oh, oh my shadow's over there, so you should probably go first. But yeah. No, no, it doesn't matter because you're a yard in front of me. Just, just take shot. Yeah. It, like, it just... Because the quicker you do it, the quicker we're there. Yeah. With them. Yeah. And that is what <laughs> golf is about, really. Yeah. You want to play well. You also... You don't want to be out there for four and a half hours. No. Whether you're watching, playing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um... I thought we'd get some closing thoughts. Basically, when I made my first podcast appearance on Slam, Alex asked me to sort of, we discussed live golf and then just my thoughts on it because we hadn't sort of met before on, mm-hmm. on, the, on, on the pod before. So do you watch live golf? Do you, do you, do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you, what do you think of it? I'll, I'll be honest, when it comes to golf, I, I'm probably, you know, despite being the right side of 30, which might anger a few people. Um, <laughs> I consider myself as a traditionalist in that mm. it's I like the four days, you know, with a cut in the middle. You know what you're getting. Obviously, no one's advert, you know, I'm not adverse to change, and you know. However, I think the way it's been done in you know poaching players, and yeah. again, I put that in inverted commas, poaching players from from the different tours and so on. Um, I think was possibly the wrong way to go about it. Um, I think I watched maybe five minutes on YouTube of the first event at Centurion. Of course, we're going back, they're going back there next week as well, you know, for the first time as, as yeah. a reading. Um, yeah, the first one of the Invitational Series, and I thought it was okay. Um, obviously, it's got better since then, you know, they brought in, like, David Ferretti and, and so mm, on. Yeah, you yeah. Know. They brought in some big names to do cut to, for coverage, commentary and so on. But, until they can actually get it on mainstream TV, it's never going to be as big as the DP World Tour or the, or no. the PGA Tour. Because, yes, I know you obviously have to, you have to pay for 
Sky Sports and, and so on. And you can watch it on YouTube. You can link YouTube TV now and things like that. But the DP World Tour and PGA Tour is so much more readily available, yeah. let's call it, than having... They're like go-to to things, aren't they, that you can access immediately. You know where it is. Sky yeah. Sports Golf. Yeah. You don't have to go to, you know, Live Golf on YouTube or, yeah. or whatever. Or the app. Because no one... I mean, I don't know the, the figures. In fact, they've actually stopped publishing the viewing figures, mm. I think, because they're not they that were so low, yeah. But, for example, my dad, he is not downloading the Live Golf app no. and watching it on that. Yeah. If it, we, I mean, we have to be honest. And, and, and to be fair, he wouldn't do that for the PJ Tour or DB no. Tour either, but that is readily on TV. Yeah, exactly. He knows it's on Sky Sports mm-hmm. Golf or, you know. Um, yeah, I think you also got to look at, you know, the likes of, of, of sports coverage on websites. And, and things like that. Mm. You know, we're not averse to that, but the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour still get much more coverage than they've got to mm. because it's easy to watch. And, you know, there was that talk of, I think, was it was it Fox Sports that they'd signed a yeah, deal was, with, yeah. but, they, but they were paying Fox to, to actually mm. show it. Whether that came off, obviously, you know, we don't get Fox in, in the UK, so yeah. I don't know whether that's actually happened or not. Um but yeah, the, when it comes to the point where you're having to pay a TV company to, to mm. wear something, that not so much smacks of desperation, mm. but it's leaning towards that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, to be fair to live, it is still in its infancy. It's only just yeah. over a year old. Yeah, 12 months old. So if that was the case, that may, might be only be a temporary thing if it yeah. really took off. But it's on the CW channel, which, not, not, not to be flippant, it sounds like the equivalent of Comedy Central. Yeah, as in the UK, in in the UK, so it's a very. I've always said it's a very easy thing to bash live because that they. I think the players who have performed well at the majors have definitely validated how strong the live fields are. I think live fields are, are very are decent. I think they're decent, but the whole create the whole sort of pub constant, the whole constant appearance of Greg Norman. How he's not involved in this merger that that might be indicative of where Liv's going. It might just be centralised and controlled by the new merger. That would question where Greg Norman's going um, because I think he's created a lot of angst against it himself. Yeah, just the type of person he is. I've, I've never met him. I've never spoken to him. But the, you get the, the, the back and forth with yeah. Rory, the the the, the, the chats. I think I've said before, you know, the interviews he does about Liv, you could do, you could play bingo, you could do, we're not going anywhere. Um, we're going to get more players in. Independent yeah. contractors. Yeah. This, there's a long list of players. Yeah. And it's just, he's, he's a man that's a bit hard to take seriously, I think. And I think that hasn't helped Liv's image. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard to summarise such a complex thing, isn't it? I mean, and obviously there's been all the comparisons of always oh, Liv going the way of that Masters tournament when, you know, when he was so far in front and eventually ended up choking and losing yeah. to, I think it was Nick Fowler. I think it was Nick Fowler. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nick, and of course, in his, in his Pringle. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's, you know, there's been talk, <laughs> and you know, about how this could go the, other, the same way. It's like, oh, well, this is a great idea, but with Greg at the helm, is it just going to yeah. go downhill? Um, and again, that's nothing on him. We don't know what he's like. We don't know what his management's like. But it seems from the outside that he probably isn't the right man yeah. to take it forward. And that might be suggested by the fact he's not involved in any sort of committee with the new merger. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I think I think that's a good place to wrap up. To be fair, we've covered quite a lot in in, in what's been what, what is always. To be fair, there is not a quiet week in golf at the minute. Is there? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, um, ever enjoyed your debut? On the yeah, show? yeah. Well, we're talking about golf. You yeah, can't, you can't, 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 you know, laugh at it and, and joke about that. It's, it's, uh, it's been good, and obviously, we can hope that there's more stories coming this week. Yeah. From we've got, we've got him up, made him land in, made him land, and then it's live golf at Centurion. Yeah, which and the, I'm going to be at actually. Yeah. I'm going to go on the Thursday and Friday. I think yeah. it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, isn't it? It's Yes, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. Yes. Nice. So yeah, I'll go and see what I can find. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to be back next week, are you? Yeah, same why time, not? Same place? Yeah, why not? If you're happy, <laughs> why not? We can, talk, we can talk more about which plays won't get into the Ryder Cup team to play for the <laughs> Um But no, yeah, really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Yeah. All right, cheers, Matt. Yeah, perfect. Thanks a lot.